And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. How you doing? I'm Ben. Uh, you've probably figured that out by now. I have no Ian. He's being busy doing Ian things. And I have no Dave. He's currently flying high above the lands that we stand on because he's back coming back from a business trip. You've been to Qatar. Very nice. Um, so I've had to call the subs in again and a very, very cool subs bench we've had to raid. Um, we're going to start with a Glovers caster, a member of the Fulham social media team. You've heard him on Instagram saying up the gloves at the end of big wins. Ollie Marsh, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you very much for having me back on. The um, first one of these I did, there were zero games to talk about. And the second one, now there's three games to talk about. So getting the ratio up. We are we are evening things out, if nothing else. Um, joining myself and Ollie, you'll have heard her on BBC Somerset. You'll have heard her on BBC Radio 5 Live. She is Joey Barton's worst nightmare. It's Sheridan <laughs> Robbins. Sheridan, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Really good, buzzing after yesterday's results and ready to chat all things my favourite team in the world. Lovely stuff. We are obviously a bit awkwardly timed. There was no podcast on Sunday for Monday because we were fighting, I was fighting my way back from Wrexham and people were going about their business. So there was no Monday. So we have got to do a little bit of a chat on Wrexham. We've got to talk Bath City and we've got to talk Dartford and take some GCQs. So we're not going to hang about. We're going to get crack on with Wrexham. Sheridan, you and I were sat at Wrexham. God, it felt good to be back in a in a press box once again. Um, Wrexham was a game of, and we'll, we'll throw the cliches in early here, from a Yeovil perspective, game of two halves. First half, bit wobbly. But by the second half, we'd kind of figured things out and actually put on a bit of a show. Yeah, oh, it was great to have you back alongside me and in much better circumstances at the race course. It was a much more <laughs> enjoyable experience than last time we were we were there. Um, yeah, absolute cliche, games two harms. I, I did feel like there was a lot of build-up to this game, particularly with the fact that they're now in the Football League. There's a lot of talk about them. There's a lot of social media. There's a lot of build-up. I just felt like the occasion got to us a little bit in that opening sort of 10 or so minutes. We just looked a little bit shaky. Um, and particularly Joe Day, which is very unusual. Um, yeah, I thought that. Shaky early on, didn't he? Um, and it did feel like the first goal was coming. Um, and it was disappointing how we conceded it, I think. And, and you know, you always look at, at goals, no matter the opposition, and obviously they are two leagues above us, if not potentially more with the quality that they have. But to concede the kind of goals that that we did, particularly the first two, I think we will be disappointed. Um, but you're absolutely right. In the second half, we played with a lot more freedom. We had nothing to lose. And we didn't really look out of place. I mean, it was the same scoreline as last time we were there, but it certainly wasn't the same type of performance. And it was a very flattering scoreline for Wrexham, I think. And you, I think you could tell that with the celebrations at the end particularly with that that late goal went in so really you know we've got 
the division to win, to try and win the National League South. Perhaps it was almost the perfect thing in that we did put on a performance and we could take the positives, but now we are fully focused on the league. And that, that's a really good point, actually. And Ollie, I'll, I'll bring you in here as someone who definitely wasn't watching whilst at work for Fulham, definitely not having that on a little screen in the corner of your computer. In terms of a result, we look back now, and as Sheridan just said, put in a performance, take loads of positives, but quietly exit the FA Cup. That's a, that's okay, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we put all of our games on ITVX, by the way? That would be really helpful for me to be able to have a little tab open for, for all of our games going forward. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, we got out of it as much as we could. I mean, it would have been a very different story. Obviously, the draw happened before the game. If Man United or Liverpool had come out of the hat, it would have been a a slightly different contest, I think, with a little bit more incentive behind it. But like you say, we can take the positives from it. The thing that I was most happy about, to be honest, is just that we played our own game. Um, I was a little bit nervous going into it that we were just going to spend 90 minutes chasing Ollie Palmer and Paul Mullen-shaped shadows and we'd go into Bath absolutely knackered. But being able to control the tempo a little bit, of course it's frustrating that we went into the second half 2-0 down because, as you said, a second 45, we... We played a lot better. We played some good stuff. We probably could have scored. And maybe if it had uh, only been 1-0, it might have been a, a different story and we would have been able to to kick on and, and get something out of the game. But I think I'm I'm not too concerned about, about going out. It wasn't a game that anybody really expected us to win. And as you say, we can we can take the positives from it. When when you say we, we played our own game, I think that really came into the fore in the second half. And actually, it is difficult. Had that been, had we had a a massive, massive third-round tie on the schedule. The difference between 1-0 at halftime or potentially 1-all at halftime if Jordan Young's free kick ends up in the top corner and 2-0, we'd we, we'd be chatting here now going, we kind of brought it upon ourselves that we were 2-0 down because it was such a silly second goal to concede. I'm, I am. I'm the same as you. I don't really care that we're out of the FA Cup, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm happy that Paul Mullen had a stinker and that was because we did a lot of good around him to stop him playing well. We couldn't prevent Elliot Lee and Andy Cannon and Ollie Palmer and others having a good game. But we kept Paul Mullen quiet, and that might be enough for me. Are you sure it was us? And are you sure he wasn't just put off by the giant looming Percy Pig from the car park behind <laughs> one of the goals? Ominous, wasn't it? I think that could be a good tactic for us going forward. Maybe like a massive giant jolly green giant to, to put opposition strikers off. Oh, you you you're you're planting ideas in people's heads now. Listen, if anyone's listening, who can make that happen? They're all listening. They're all listening. They all no, listen. Yeah, you're right. Paul Mullin, you know, everyone knows what he's about. And I think Morgan Williams did a good job of keeping him quiet, wasn't it? He was the man who was who was on him at all times. I joked with uh with Morgan when he came out to do the uh, YouTube press conference. I said, Careful, Morgan, you have to make sure you got Paul Mullin out of your pocket before you go and do press. Um Look, Wrexham were a very good side. Elliot, Elliot Lee, just a quick word oh. for Elliot Lee, because he's he, he had a real ding-dong battle sharing with, with Charlie Cooper. Cooper absolutely held his own. But Jesus Christ, what is Elliot Lee doing in League 2? What was he ever doing in the National League? Absolutely ridiculous player. Absolutely ridiculous player. He covers every blade of grass. He's got pace. He's, his tackling is always perfect. Everything good out. I came through him. I thought he was was excellent, and and I thought Charlie Cooper had a good game as well. So it was a it was a, a real battle. Um, 
And, you know, we spoke to Charlie afterwards, didn't we? And he said, it's, he is some player. And you could tell he was kind of dead on his feet from having to look after him for the whole time. And, and they do, they have quality all over the pitch, absolutely all over the pitch. And I think we knew that. I think every single player, you know, we saw most of them afterwards, didn't we? They knew the sort of opposition they were up against and they kind of thought, well, actually, I thought we did an okay job. Um, and that's all it needed to be, really. Good experience, good crowd, good occasion, um and individually we came out of it unscathed as well which i think is is super important Actually, yeah um we didn't really want to you know get beat 3-0 and then come out with a load of injuries so um yeah overall it was it was enjoyable and it's difficult when you lose you lose 3-0 but you know you forget how many games we had to play to get there um it was a really good fa cup run and you know after last season's debacle at taunton town it was nice to have another another cup run AFC Stoneham feels like a long time ago. <laughs> was a long time ago, wasn't it? Okay, is that Wrexham done? Are we happy with Wrexham? We're at the FA Cup. No one's mad about it. Crack on. That Wrexham game falls into a massive game. And I don't think... I don't think anybody, any Yeovil fan that I spoke to or any chat group or anything like that underestimated how big of a game Wednesday night was. Ollie. Pre-match, did you think this is a biggie? This is one of the one of the big ones, the highlight away games of the year. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it was it was always going to be a proper local derby as well. When you hear that the ground sold out and at Twerton Park where everybody's packed in together, it's, it, you, you go into it knowing that it's going to be a bit of a cauldron. The fans are going to be on top of you. And I know that Bath have maybe fallen away a little bit in recent weeks, but they were top of the league for a long time. We were the ones that, that dethroned mm-hmm. them, I believe. So it was always going to be a, a really tough test. And yeah, really good that we, we were able to stand up to it. Jordan, were you nervous Wednesday morning? Yeah, no, yeah, for many reasons. Um, but yes, I was very nervous. And I think even when, when I saw you at Wrexham and um, saw Ollie last night, like it was all the talk, yeah. even before the Wrexham. We're excited about the Wrexham game, but it's like, yeah, but Wednesday we've got Bath. Wednesday we've got Bath. And it's almost it almost wasn't great timing for the, for the FA Cup game in terms of the supporters. Um, they travelled in their numbers. They were unbelievable um, supporting them, them at Wrexham as well. Um, but I think the fact that the Bath game moved then, it just gave it a whole different dynamic. Everyone said, well, we'd take a win at Bath if we're going out of the FA Cup. Absolutely. Um, and it did feel like, particularly, you know, I mean, if this is our bad run, then it was not not too bad, was it? But we, you know, we hadn't been picking up the, the three points away from home and a disappointing defeat at Welling where, you know, we got, we conceded four goals, which we hadn't done. So it, it just all felt very cagey, very important that we got the, the three points so um yeah very very nervous and particularly when you saw that there were seven minutes of added time at the end <laughs> that was nice wasn't it you alluded to it there um i watched on the stream but you two were busy at craven cottage furthering your careers how very selfish of you um so i guess we'll flip it around do you want to ask me any questions about bath about the performance about the formation about the what the who's the where's the when's the why's Apart yeah, from it, the first 10 minutes, because you didn't see it. Couldn't see the first 10 minutes. Cheers, National League TV. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Um, I mean, I guess when the team lineup came out, my first reaction was surprised to see Alex Fisher starting. So I guess mm. your thoughts on that would be one of the questions I'd ask you. Um, I, I, I had intended to talk out to have a little word on Alex Fisher during this chat because he is part of a, an increasingly growing list of one of the nicest blokes in football. And genuinely... 
I saw it and I just had a little smile of like, go on, son, go on. He's finally got himself back. He must have been going nuts, sitting on benches, being the sixth or seventh player, so not quite making a bench and being ready to go. And he's always in the training, HP sources. And clearly at some point this week, Mark Cooper sat down, had a word and gone, right, you ready? You ready for this? Um, <laughs> Mark Cooper told Ian Randall before the game, he's probably only got an hour in him. That was a long hour. That was a long <laughs> hour for Alex Fisher. On a personal level, I'm absolutely chuffed for him. Same. A horrible double leg break, but fair play to him for coming back. And I genuinely think he's got a part to play this season. I really, really do. But, so, so he may well be the nicest man in football, but do we think when that booking went to Murphy, Fisher went, get in? <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> How many times have we said that when something like this happens, someone else when... has to come in and take a chance? We were all fuming that Murphy gets a fifth yellow for chirping off. Absolutely fuming, and rightly so. But it's given someone else a chance. That happened to be Fisher this time around. He didn't do a lot wrong. He he was part of that weird first half where we weren't at the races first half in any way, shape or form. We always had Bath at reasonable arm's length, I would say. They had the better of possession, the better of the areas. But I never felt worried. Joe Day had one save from a corner that was right at him to make in the first half. And that was it, really. They never did, really... They had a couple of block shots. But did the Whittle injury disrupt it slightly? Because that that felt like that might have been a moment that changes the dynamic, particularly defensively, where, you know, we have been weakened in recent weeks, I would say. The Whittle injury changes it for the better. And that's not because of the fact that it was Whittle that went off, but because it forced our hand on the left-hand side. I don't like wingbacks. A lot of people don't like the wingbacks. That's fine. I get it. Um, but I understand why we used it against Wrexham. I wasn't overly keen to see it against Bath. I wanted to see us have a right go at them. Um, and the Whittle injury, we brought Doors on and for about five minutes, he went in at left wing back and he was up against Jordan Thomas. And that's the name we'll probably say a couple of times during this podcast. And quickly, very quickly, it became obvious that if it was left 1v1, Thomas would win the battle because Dawes is attacking-minded and not defensively-minded, and that's fine. And so very quickly, and credit to Mark Cooper, whatever plans he had got thrown out the window, and he has to make new plans. And the new plan was to double up on the left and have Idahan as a proper left-back and have Dawes as a proper left midfielder. And it made that whole battle so much easier for us. So it does change the game, and it does change it, in my opinion, for the better, because it forced us to go to a straight-back four and play a 4-4-2. Um, I'm not sure it helped Jordan Young particularly on the other side. He had a an in-and-out game. At Wrexham, he felt a bit of a one-man mission, didn't he? Sheridan, mm -hmm. when he had the ball, he was it was, all right, I'm going to do all this, and I'm going to score a worldie and find a free kick in the top bins and take a ball past four players. And there was a little bit of that against Bath in the first half. And it wasn't quite clicking. It was a bad bobbly pitch. It wasn't quite happening in the first half. And I wasn't shocked to see him brought off. Just having a little frustration game, I think. I think he gets booked out of frustration as well. So maybe not the best thing for for Jordan Young, but it definitely changes the game for the better, in our opinion, because four four two just worked better in that situation. How did um, I was going to ask how Idahan got on? I haven't actually had a chance to watch him properly yet, but it it seems to me. You know, you're a young lad on loan, uh, going to a loan club and 
then it's all of a sudden you're playing in this big derby where there's a lot riding on the game. And by the way, we're going to switch you about during the during the match 20 minutes in because the left back's gone off injured. How how did he kind of adjust to things? Well, actually, I mean, Sheridan, you can come in on this one because he grew into the Wrexham game something rotten. He had a couple of wobbles. He doesn't get booked the interaction, does he? He has that sort of last chance finger wag from the ref and he switches off and Mullin runs in behind him and skies a shot. And it just seemed to wake him up because from that moment on, he grew into that game, became more confident. He could travel with the ball. Um, he was on the left of the three again. So naturally he was in his fine position. I wonder if he's going to be a little bit like, a little bit Max Hunt in so much as doesn't work in a three. Put him in two, fine. Or on the left. And so I think the four flat four helps him a little bit. And if Whittle's missing on Saturday, although Mark Cooper thinks he he, he could be okay, um, I would have no problem putting Idahin as a straight left back. He was he was absolutely fine. He made very few mistakes, did what he had to do. It wasn't a game for bring the ball down, Rio Ferdinand it out from the back and play a nice ball. It wasn't a game for that. The pitch wasn't allowing it. The snappy nature of Bath putting high presses on and snapping into tackles doesn't allow it. He had to do ugly jobs, hooking, heading, getting clear. And he did all those things absolutely fine. And and that's what he's here to learn, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. That, the reality of it is when you sign a player at that age from a club like Bristol City, they're not going to be perfect. No. Um, and it's going to take him a few games. And I really saw the progression in the Wrexham game. And I was so happy for him actually because you know you could see the communication between that back five and there's a lot of experience there there's a lot of games there that Iden just doesn't have so you yeah. could just feel the pressure building and it was going to go one way or the other he was either going to struggle through the rest of the game or he was going to grow into it and just start playing and as you say he was actually you know a real ball playing defender which I'm not sure we thought that he might be so Really pleased that he sort of carried that on. But I think, you know, you as supporters, you've got to realise when you sign a player like that, that they're not going to be perfect and they are going to make mistakes. And in a game like Bath, I mean, that's so different to Wrexham, isn't it? You've got a lot more freedom against against Wrexham. Bath has the, just the local derby feel because it, it's so, and it's so important at the top of the table. So, you know, those, all those experiences is why he's come on loan to us and why Bristol City have said go and play under Mark Cooper in the top of the National League South. So you do have to have sort of tempered expectations, I think. Um, and he'll only, he'll only get better. And I think about the fact that he's gone from Championship to National League South. He has played a couple of Championship games. He could yeah. have gone to League One, League Two, even to the National League proper. He hasn't. He's come to us. He could have gone to Exeter, Cheltenham and to any of those places and probably got similar experiences. But feels like he can come to us and and learn those those little bits and he had to deal with the fact that he had Paul Mullen being switched on when he wasn't switched on and he'll have to learn from that little moment and actually he had a really tough time on that left-hand side Jordan Thomas was an absolute nightmare for Bath City um Sharon have you seen any of, of Jordan Thomas at all genuinely I've watched a number of games this season one in terms of the league games on the streams probably the most exciting player I've seen uh, opposition wise this season Everything went through him so, so good. And so to have a makeshift left wing back in Dawes, a makeshift left back in Idaho, and then Dawes and Idaho together, they had a hard time, but they dealt with it and they sorted it out and they stopped him being as effective as he could be. So 
Yeah, I mean, I... Is, he, is he part of the reason they because they, they do score a lot of goals? They're just behind us, aren't they? And scoring goals. I mean, they to keep a clean sheet against them actually is a, is a really good result because even when they've been, you know, their results haven't been great, they are on the score sheet a lot. I mean, Wilson is is a great player, I think. And if he's barely got Mike Thomas, barely got a know, kick, Wilson, barely got a kick. Wow. We just kept him, kept so, him out of the way. He tried to peel off. He was too far away. He had a couple of half headers that. He almost caught on the way back down from the jump rather than back up, but he never had a second to breathe. I was worried about Wilson, really worried. Um, didn't really notice him. Great in build-up play, him and Thomas and um, Freer getting forward on the left-hand side, I think it was. Um, great in the link-up play, but they sort of had a bit of a wobble when they hit the 18-yard box and the deliveries weren't quite right and the passes weren't quite there. And They had a lot of the ball bath. But they only really had one proper chance. It was a freer chance. He gets to a cross. Thomas goes sort of side uh, winger to winger, whips the ball across. Freer has a go, and Michael Smith's on the line to block it away. Had he not been there, it's an easy goal, open goal. Um, but Michael Smith, impeccable positioning yet again. <laughs> I mean, what can you say about that man? Jesus Christ, he was. He was hobbling his way through the final 10 minutes. There were some tired legs out there. It looked like um, Alex Fisher referred to it in his post-match. Uh, he was running in custard by the end of it. It was it was tough going on. Imagine if, if the National League hadn't made let us change the game. <laughs> One left in the recovery. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah, a bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. So the second half, we figured it out. And Matt Worthington said after the game, he said, we had to go longer. And that was that worked. I don't like you don't like going longer. Of course you don't, but it worked. Longer to Fisher, longer to Nuble, and getting around him, and it worked. And it frustrated Bath, and that led to free kicks and set pieces. And that's where the success came from, because Bath were frustrated because they couldn't get anywhere with us. They gave away. They gave away a free kick just before three four minutes before the actual goal. And Cooper whips exactly the same ball in and it goes near post. And I think it's Fisher chucking himself at the near post and he doesn't quite get onto it. And it ends up going out for a corner. And that was the warning shot. That was the, that's, that's the warning. That's where we're going to go. And then three minutes later, I don't know what Jerry Gill's moaning about. It just looked like one of them bog standard fouls to me. It's nothing special. It's not, it's not a booking. It's not a, a horrible foul. It's just a bog standard foul. And, Inch perfect cross, and Williams just wants it more than the dude that's that's marking him. It's, it was wonderful scenes. Yeah, yeah I, 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 uh, I quite enjoyed the fact that I think Ben, you were the one who spoke to Charlie Cooper after the Wrexham game, talking about Jordan Young's free kicks, and Charlie Cooper saying, "Yeah, I just leave all the free kicks to him now because I know how good he is at them." Only for a few days later, him to whip in an absolutely unbelievable delivery where, as you say, it's inch perfect. And the way that the players are arriving, you know, if Morgan Williams doesn't get it, Jake Wannell's right there to mm. to tap it home as well. So it was one of those deliveries where it's 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 that level of quality where it's going to lead to a goal. It's just begging to be finished. Mm. Absolutely begging to be finished. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Jordan Young had gone off by that point. So Cooper had sort of taken the mantle and, well, free kicks on Saturday might be fun. They might have to have an actual conversation figure out who's actually going to take it. So it was wonderful. It was then back to the wall a little bit. And 
if I was to have a criticism about the second half is that we knew there was a lot of time to come and we kind of shut up shop a bit. Shut up shop a bit early. If I'm being totally honest with you, maybe four or five minutes early, we kind of went, right, that's us done. Um, But we still saw it out. We still got it through. And it feels like, I, I don't know about you guys, but after losing 4-1 and drawing against Shippenham, the message that that would have sent the rest of the division and the rest of the playoff teams are, oh, they are beatable. They are, they, you can. And we had to make a statement. And that was, well, I tell you what, while you fight amongst yourselves and figure out if you if we are beatable or not and drop points because you're too busy faffing around worrying about us, we'll go to Wrexham, put on a show, and then we'll come back, not be at 100%, and still get three points against one of you lot. Genuinely, I went to bed on Wednesday night thinking that's a massive statement, three points, to the rest of the league of, yeah, okay, we're going to have days, but we're still going to find ways to win games, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I mean, you'd much rather have been Bath going into that game than us. We're we're oh, top yeah. of the league. We're there to be shot at, you know. So, and and I I love what you were saying about how you found it comfortable because a lot of the reviews I've heard of the game and even Mark Cooper saying it was one of those games where you know it, it could have gone either way. It was always going to be settled by by the one goal. So to have the kind of confidence to be like, oh yeah, that uh, it, it's going to be settled by one goal and that's going to be us. And not be concerned about chucking chucking away goals at the other end, and knowing that you've got that little moment of quality in your locker to be able to to be able to to get the goal and and to get the points. If if Bath were going to score, it was always going to be a a worldie. They were playing good football, but the crosses were never good enough. We were snuffing out chances. They got a couple of moments inside the box, and we had three players just throwing themselves in the way. I never felt massively concerned. I never sort of jumped off out of my seat thinking, oh, geez, apart from the goal line clearance. Um, they were in the game. They probably out-possessioned us. They probably had more, I bet their XG was higher than ours and things like that, but... They're welcome to it. They're welcome they, they, to it. Have, have all the XG you want, lads. I don't <laughs> care. Um, for me, it just felt, it felt fine the whole time. And it, I wouldn't say that it felt like we were going to get a clear-cut opportunity ourselves, but I never felt like giving one away. Um, I have got to talk about Will Dawes, though. I thought he was magnificent when he came on. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. What Jordan Thomas was doing to our left-back, he was doing to their right-back. And it was both on that side, which was near side to the camera in the second half. And it was like watching, it was like watching a tennis match. It was just one way and then the other way. And then Thomas goes that way and Dawes goes that way. And it was just up and back, up and back. It was exhausting to watch, let alone be in. He's rattled uh, a few Bath fans, hasn't he? Has he? I think so, yeah. Have you? Has he? Not you. you, you me, I don't think I have. <laughs> you, you might have done as well. I don't know. Has he? Yeah. I don't know if there was some sort of pantomime villain he was playing on that pitch, but I have seen a, a few tweets from... Um, yeah, well, fans saying uh, that, yeah, that some of the Bath fans were enjoying his performance in inverted commas. So, uh, brilliant. He sent uh, a couple of their defenders for hot dogs. Such a good attitude, isn't he? Such yeah. And there were, there were two moments in the second half where he chases complete lost causes, complete gone. They're just hoiks clear. They weren't even for him. And he is just burrowing down and he gets, he gets a free kick from one and I think he gets a throw in from the other. And you just think, it's that attitude that's going to be... We talk about fine margins. It's that attitude that I think will 
create our moment. And in the end, it was a different area, a different side of the pitch, but it was that attitude that created it. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I voted him man of the match in our poll on the um, on the website. I thought he came on and was an absolute difference maker. I thought he was brilliant. So I think he's a shoe in for Saturday, if I'm completely honest with you. I really do. Okay. Um, any more questions on Bath? Any more questions on Bath? Anything go, hit me. Go. <laughs> No, I was just going to say just an insight into into Ollie and I last night when we had a seven thirty kickoff. So we'd, when we'd finished, we were waiting for the tweet, the full time tweet, and we were like, "This coming, so we were just waiting each other full time, full time." We did a little celebration, so we were really yeah. You, you, you saw those uh, you saw those celebrations at full time on the HP source. That was the energy <laughs> that me and Sheridan were bringing to the Craven Cottage press box last night. Eleven eleven hundred at Twerton Park and two at Craven Cottage. <laughs> Wherever. Up the cottage greens. <laughs> I might have to write that down. Eleven hundred at Twerton Park and two at Craven Cottage. I reckon that's the title. <laughs> right. This is the bit. This is the bit. This is when Dave's not here. This is the bit I forget to do. He's good as well. He writes like five down. I know it's ridiculous. So eleven hundred, Twerton, two, Craven Cottage, and I said something about XG as well, didn't I? What did I say? That was funny. Stick, you can have your XG or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, are we all good with Bath? Are we happy with Bath? Massive win. Very, very happy with Bath. And Morgan Williams is Jude Bellingham as well, which is never a bad thing. Um, Quick word on Morgan Williams. New contract for him, 2026. Um, I don't mind peeling back the curtain a little (laughs) bit here. Sheridan, you and I were told on the pitch at Wrexham, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Keep an eye out for a Morgan Williams announcement the day after at midday. And we went, okay, we'll keep an eye out. Ollie, when you saw that, what were your initial thoughts of seeing a new contract for someone that's been so rock solid for so long? Absolutely delighted. I I love Morgan Williams. I I think he's class on grass. And for me, he's still got a few elements of his game that are a little bit raw, but he's just been getting better and better. He's, He's, you know, part of that, um, centre back partnership with him and one all that was a real linchpin behind that fourteen game winning run, and for me he's got a great attitude as well. I, uh, you know, I, I think I said in the in the group chat, future captain for me. I think he's he's that good. Sheridan, um, he's someone that we've called upon in different guises. I mean, I remember being up at Altrincham final day of that ridiculous season where Stoughton was in charge and all the rest of it. And we we spoke to him afterwards because he was the only person in contract for the next summer, for the next season. So we kind of got him for the media. And I think I, I chatted to him about how he'd won a, the Glovies Awards and, and, and all that. And even from that moment on, you just felt like there was a, there was a steady head on his shoulders, someone that you can probably rely on no matter what. He's like Matt Worthington, like five years ago, isn't he? Yeah. And I think... Yeah. It, it's that kind of thing that he's found that connection yeah. with with the club. And again, like Matt Worthington, deserves some success with the club. And yeah. it, it's funny you look back and when he came on loan and you just think, oh, well, how many players we've had on loan over the, over the years? And he was just kind of another one and looked quite good. Then had to go back. And then he came back 
and you're thinking, okay, well, well, we need to see a bit more from from him. I don't think at that point when we first signed him, you'd think he would be where he is now. He has grown exponentially in terms of stature, the way he has built himself up, the way he adapts his game depending on who we're playing against and what position he's put in. He's clearly such a lovely guy that gets on with any different type of manager. He is one that all his teammates clearly adore. And I think he's such an important part of what we're trying to build now. And for him to sort of see the potential of what we can achieve if and when we win the National League South, that he can see going forward that actually we potentially can have some more success. And it's players like that that really make our football club special. And I was thinking actually when when we were told at Wrexham that he, he'd signed again, you know, he's not long hit 100 appearances and I think we're going to see him get to 200. And I just think that would just be such a, a lovely thing. And I am so, so happy he's, he's staying. And um, it's nice to see him in his position, making it his own, and those celebrations last night was just written in the stars, wasn't it? That it was going to be him getting the goal. So absolutely chuffed. Yeah, fully deserved. Really deserved. Two things. Someone somewhere is obviously making a decision behind the scenes, looking long term. Love that. Whether that's Cooper, whether that's Hellier, whether whoever that is, is starting to make long term decisions. Um, members of the board, whatever it may be, someone's thinking long term. Love that. If you can do Jordan Young next, that'd be beautiful. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> But for me, uh, Ollie, what you said there, future captain, without question, in my mind. I think he's already had it once when Worthington went off. Maybe not from the start. Not sure. I think but, you might but, be right, but I can't remember the game. No, me neither. But I absolutely, when Worthington gets his 10th yellow, I would have no problem whatsoever with Morgan Williams walking out with the arm. I think just in terms of what you're saying about the the kind of, you know, forward thinking, future planning of, of the club and how great that is, I know... Some some managers or some clubs they they don't like to to do contract business during the season. They're sort of you know we do it all at the end, so it's not a distraction. I'm one where if you play well, you get a new contract. There's your incentive for the rest of the players. And 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 you don't like to think that Jake Ronnell will look to his right hand side and go, well, he's just got a new deal. Tell you what, <laughs> he's got a new deal because. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's a superstar in terms of the club, the community, the rest of it. If I do what he's been doing for the rest of the, for the next six months, I'm going to get a new one too. And you just think that might reverberate around the dressing room a little bit as well of we are thinking forward. We're not happy with just 2024 being a good season. We want 25, 26 to be good years as well. So I love it. Good move. Really, really good. Lovely. I love this. Um, we need to talk Dartford as well, by the way. And we've got some GCQs as well. Um, I do just want to give a quick shout out at this point to Glover's past. Um, David Coates, absolute goat of this world. Honestly, the man's a genius. He got Rob Cousins on a Zoom uh, and Birkby. Fantastic little combination. want to say a huge thank you to Dave for organising it, for doing it, for getting it uh, sorted for December's Glover's past. If you haven't listened, go back and find it. Really, really good. Shout out Tim Lancaster and the Yeovil Heritage Society for letting us use some pictures as well, by the way. Really appreciate both of those guys. Uh, Michael West over at the Heritage Society is doing some staggeringly good stuff. I love clicking on that Facebook page every day and seeing what he's got next in store. So really appreciate that. Wanting to get that shout out in. And this evening, as we stand here at 8.40pm, Glover's Caster finished third in the non-league Bible on Twitter editorial 
of the year thing. You'll you'll never sing that. You'll never <laughs> sing that. I'm going to put it next to my silver award here. Oh, oh there um, it is. Why you is it hiding? You need to it's, get that it's, out. It's hiding time. behind. It's hiding behind the Christmas decoration boxes. <laughs> Genuinely, there's Christmas decorations in there. That's a wreath. You've got some labels there. So it's just, the award. It's just Will the award be on the top of your tree this year instead of a star and an angel? Should be, shouldn't it? Absolutely. It should be. Wife will be fuming, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that. That's the news done. Um, Dartford, then. First things first. Ollie, making the BBC debut. How are you feeling? Yes, very good. Um, very thankful for the um, BBC for scraping the bottom of the barrel and giving me the opportunity. Um, no, yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it's a really interesting game for a number of reasons obviously going into it off the back of a of a win at bath it would have been a very different game going into it off the back of a, a disappointing result of bath but you can almost go into it and see it as a little bit of a pressure free game you know you don't have that weight on your shoulders of oh we haven't won for a few weeks now and oh we've got hampton and richmond next week who were kind of one of the teams who were who were looking over our shoulders at you can kind of go into it and you know maybe play with a little bit of freedom and um so yeah that that's one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to it and think it'll be really interesting the other interesting thing about it Dartford haven't played for 2 weeks so what that yeah. does for you know fitness levels and energy levels knowing that we've just come off the back of two games where we've had to give absolutely everything in Wrexham and Bath compared to a team who have had their feet up for the past 14 days, that remains to be seen as well. And, you know, such a big part of our game this year has been working to to tie the opposition out. It'll be interesting to see if we're able to find that extra 10%, go up that extra gear in the final 20 minutes like we have done so many times this season or whether we might have to think up something else. Um, Lovely segue, by the way. Thank you so much for, for setting me up for this. But... Tomorrow morning, match day morning, you'll be able to listen to me chat to uh, Will Bass, who is the Dartford commentator and media officer. And we discussed what a 14-day break might bring to the Dartford versus Yeovil game. So you can listen to that and find out the answer to Ollie's question. Um, I read a wonderful stat about Dartford that I'd like to share with you, if that's okay. It was on their match preview on the website. Let me just scroll here on my phone. I'm going to read this verbatim because somebody's done some legwork and they deserve it. Um, Dartford have only ever won once on the 9th of December. That came in 1995. Um, the uh, the Darts beat Ramsgate 3-0 on that day. The other 19 fixtures to have taken place on this day have ended in eight draws and 11 defeats. So 20 times they've played on the 9th of December and they've won one. I mean, you might as well just give us the points now, right? That is that is beautiful statting, isn't it? You get that on the BBC. You can. I'm I'm making the note of it now. You can have that <laughs> in your notes for the game. 9th of December. There you go. Um, they last played on the uh, the ninth of December six years ago when <laughs> Dartford were beaten one 0 by Hungerford Town. There you go. Wow. Um, it's what's strange... uh, what's what's Yeovil Town's record on the 9th of December then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Moving on. Um, somebody will tell us. Michael West will know. We'll ask the Oracle. It'll be fine. Nigel Dyson will probably be able to tell us. The man's a genius. Um, Dartford's last game was a 3-0 win over Torquay, which by the week is looking like a better and better result. Because Torquay are picking up again now. 
Dartford finished second in the National League South last season. They were the only side to get within 20 points of Ebsfleet. Um, they beat Ebsfleet twice, actually, funnily enough. Um, they're on a run of home games. And this will be their fourth home game in a row, if you include the FA Trophy. Um, there is no way on earth this is an easy fixture in any way, shape or form. Um, it's a real pitch, for those who are wondering, um, because Charlton under-21s play on it as well, apparently. So it has to be real. Um, their last eight goal scorers have all been different players. They are missing a key player in Harvey Bradbury, who is suspended. Son of Lee. Is it Son of Lee? Yes, yeah, yeah. Is it? They've also got Son of Teddy Sheringham. Oh, wow. There you go. The kids are all right. Um, I I don't see this being an easy game at all, and I really hope that we are not going to, after the Lord Mayor, show it. That uh-huh. would be my natural long-term PTSD of a Yeovil fan inside of me going... Well, I've read this script before. Someone tell me it's going to be okay, please. Well, let's all channel our inner Mark Cooper. Never had an easy game in management. Here we go. Yes. It's going to be fine. It's a tough fixture. They're all tough fixtures. It's cliche, but it's 100% true. This division is ridiculous. Some of the sides we've come up against, Welling being one of them that just had an absolute stormer against us. Everyone raises their level. Um, I I don't know whether it's an advantage or disadvantage. They haven't played in a while. Could go either way. Um, but we're on the back. We're on the back of a very good result. I think there's something interesting as well that the fact that we're now for the first time in what feels like a while playing at the same time as everyone else in the same competition. I think you did know. I noticed it last night, sort of looking at, at Twitter after the after the game, but everyone was keeping an eye on that result. You know, the Torquay fans, oh, Yeovil have scored in the 80th minute. You know, it's all eyes on us. Now it's back, National League South, all playing at the same time. See what, what happens. We've got that six-point lead now at the top. Um, and we'll catch up those games in hand and we'll all know where we're at again. So I think that's a, that's an advantage. And we've just got to take take that momentum. It's it's so, so important. Um and despite what some people say, our away form has, has been brilliant. So um, it's not going to be, we're not going to run away with it because we don't tend to away from home. You know, they're much tighter games, I feel, away from home involving us. But that's to be expected. That happens to every team. Um, they're, they you know, they're sitting, they're sitting mid-table. So, of course, naturally, we're favourites. Um, but we won't, we won't take it you know, any less seriously than we do any other game. He'll get them up for it. Um, and yeah, so it's a lot of travelling these players are doing over the last few weeks, isn't it? Um, so they'll be very happy soon to be back at Heroes Park. Do you, do you, Ollie, do you think that it's significant that we will be levelling up the games in hand? Because a lot of the teams around us, Maidstone, Hampton, Torquay, Averley, uh, Bath, etc., are all in FA Trophy action. So we play catch-up for a game. Um, the nearest team to us to, to actually play in the league on Saturday is, quick maths, Worthing who host St Albans, who are seventh. And they obviously catch their game up in hand as well. They've got 20. Others around have got 21. Do you agree? Everyone back on an even kill here will know where we are? Yes, for sure. And I'm one of those people as well who, yes, it's nice to have games in hand, but points on the board are, are more important. And you want to give yourself as much of a, a cushion as possible. You want to give yourself as much of a lead at the top of the table as you can. And it's a good opportunity on Saturday to to do that especially with a home game 
against Hampton to follow. I know sure, it sounds silly, sure. but like if if the Bath game is the start of a run, and you go through a run, go through Dartford, who should be higher than they are. I mean, they, like I say, they were second last year. The only team to get anywhere near the the top of the table. Hampton are second or were second or whatever it is. Um, were second, they are third, and then the local derbies kick back in. Just again, they're all important, aren't they? But to end this horrible game, this horrible stint of away games. With a win, take it back to Hewish Park. Yeah. Would we make any changes? We've talked about the legs. We've talked about the travel. We've talked about the two tough games that we've had. Would we make changes? Well, I would very much like to see Will Dawes in action after your review of him earlier. Um, we also have the option of Reese Murphy. Yeah, yes. Fisher surely can't play another game. So well, should... I mean, yeah, it's... Um... And, you know, you don't know what the conditions are going to be like. I've had a look at the weather. It's absolutely chucking it down with rain all morning in Dartford. So it's going to be a... The temperature is not too low, so it's likely to be a waterlogged pitch rather than a frozen pitch, but still probably not the kind of surface that you'd want somebody trotting about on a sort of leg that's just come back from being broken in about three different places. I would would absolutely be playing Will Dawes. I really would. There's a part of me wonders whether or not Jordan Young comes out for a game. Wow, really? A, not because he's not doing well. Wednesday was a frustration for him. But I just wonder if he took a lot on in that Wrexham game mentally. He took on a bit of a, I'm going to show the world what I can do. I think I can win this game for Yeovil, basically. And I just wonder if he needs one game and have him all guns blazing for Hampton. I just I just wonder. I don't know what that means in terms of a team because we assume no Jordan Stevens available still. I don't know what that means in terms of the lineup, whether or not you have to go Sonny Cox, whether you have to go with Nuble wide, um, whether you try and fit JMD in the system, whether you try and fit hours in the system or bring Sonny Blue, Sonny Blue back in. But that's just I remember I was thinking when he came off. I think he need I think he needed to be brought off yesterday just to ease him out of the firing line for one game because I want him in that Hampton and Richmond game massively. I really do. Yeah, you're right. I think the only reason I was surprised by you saying that is just because for me, Jordan Young's one of those players who you want him on the pitch at all times because you know that when he's on the pitch, something exciting yeah. could happen at any moment. So that's the only reason why I was surprised by you you saying that you'd, you'd swap him out. But I, I completely agree with your reasoning and, you know, say in a in a sort of negative situation where one nil down with 20 minutes to go what a player to to be able to bring on we already have a, a lot of players who can come on and have the ability to change games but he would be the the ultimate example of that yeah that's just just a little it's nothing more than a hunch for me have him on the bench and just unleash him at, at some point um fisher for murphy feels pretty obvious murphy will be chomping at the bit to get to get back out there um, his minutes might need to be managed still as he gets back in. I know he's had a little knee thing and knee and trying to get himself going, but he's had a bit of time off now, so he can um, get back in. Um, defensively, if Whittle were to be unavailable, I would happily have a back four with Idaho at left back. I would It'd be fine. Other than that, I wouldn't make too many changes if they're all fit and firing and ready to go. I guess it's a an odd one, isn't it? Wednesday, Thursday off, Friday session. I don't know if they'd travel Friday, would they, for Dartford, or is that close enough they could do it Saturday morning? I don't think they're doing many overnights this season, to be honest. So, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they go up on the day. Okay. Are we happy with Zartford? Big game, but we think it's one that we Bring can get points out. Bring it home, Ollie. Come on. No pressure, Marsh. No pressure. <laughs> right. We've got some GCQs. I remember this bit. This is the other bit I'm not very good at. Um, I'm going to do Facebook first. Chris Angelo says, did we win on Tuesday because of the back five or in spite of it? And how much will it take for Mark Cooper to drop it again? Um, I'll take this one. We didn't win because of the back five. We won when we went to the back four. Um, depending on how Whittle is, I don't think we'll see it on Saturday. Gut instinct. We'll go with the four. Um, we may even go 4 3 3 if he doesn't want to use doors in that midfield area. He may bring Low Everton or Hours in to go alongside Cooper and Worthington. Um, Dean Halliwell says, can you ever respect someone who says, I don't like football when you know it includes Derby Day wins with an 80th minute winner in front of the away fans? Special moments. They are special moments, aren't they? And and I think this is a nice little segue to Mark Cooper's fist bumps afterwards. They broke him. Finally broke him. He let his guard down. They, they are special moments. And I've you always known it's been there. It's, it's, been it's there. always bubbling there. These are special moments, and special moments should be celebrated, shouldn't they, Ollie? Yes, 100%. That's, that's, that's the reason it's done, isn't it? And I think especially when you've got that level of support, um, I know it's 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 a local derby, but 1,100 fans on a Wednesday night, yeah. just after you've had 800 fans go to to North Wales, you know that kind of support. It deserves something like that, doesn't it? And and I think you know going back to the Darren Sale days, I think he always used to say that those moments it was it was actually important for the players. I think it's in it's in the sense of reminding them why they do it. You know, you, you work through the week for those moments in front of the supporters where you can you can absolutely you know breathe in the the scenes and yeah more more of that at Dartford on Saturday hopefully yes please yes please Sheridan you like a, a big derby day moment don't you we didn't really have them last year did we 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 struggled in the Weymouth ones we struggled in Taunton in the FA Cup we didn't have a derby moment apart from the penalty shootout that was the worst penalty shootout of all time <laughs> It really was the worst, but the best at the same time. Yeah, those moments stick stick with you. Um, and that something... has been nice this this season. I know we don't want to be at this level, but for me, it's a more personal thing because I know it's like, is it a derby? But it was, I've you know covered Western Supermare for so many years. Like it feels like my second team. So to have that moment with with the Oval as well, you know, winning in, in pretty dramatic style as well, that will stay with me for a while. Um, and yeah, seeing all the videos today, you know, as much as I loved being at the cottage last night, I was like, oh, that is that is a moment that that stays with you and the limbs in the away end and oh, just just fantastic and and you can see that the players as well are going to remember that for for a while so um looking forward to to more of those moments this season i think just to narrow it down to a very specific moment from last night as well that they showed on the hp source um frank nublay dragging alex fisher or, or pushing alex fisher to the front to to give him his moment i think that was just such a such a beautiful thing to do and and you know that's the that's the power of football isn't it that must have been such an incredible feeling for him such a it says a lot about Nuble as well. Mm. He's clearly come in and become one of the leaders of that dressing room of setting standards and, and trying to make sure that the group is as unified as it possibly can be and, in a strange situation. 
and Morgan Williams as well, just to to score the winner in a local derby and say, no, you have the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Loved it. And it, it's something special about it being at the away game as well. It's got that, it, it, it's very, very animalistic level. It's Graham Souness putting the Galatasaray flag in the centre circle. It's that attitude, isn't it, at the away ground? That's what it is. Um, Simon Lee says, long-time listener, first-time commenter. Hi, Simon. Welcome on board, bud. Um, if YTFC get promoted this season, what additions should be made to the squad to ensure that National League status is maintained next season? Um, my initial reaction is I don't think we need an awful lot because I think this squad is probably capable of staying in the National League as it is. Good depth. Um, there will naturally be rotation, but I think we know where our strengths are. And if at any point Jordan Young should go and earn us a couple of hundred grand at some point to someone uh, to some fair suitor in the future, or if somebody falls out of favour or is injured and we can't rely on them, we know where our strengths are. And I feel like there is just lots of, we'll find the next Jordan Young, we'll find the next Jake Wannell, we'll find the next Joe Day, whatever whatever it might be. I do, I would like to see more depth at fullback. Mm, That's my area. Michael Smith, for as good as he is and as amazing as he is, he's probably only got two years in him this year and maybe a, a year at the National League before he starts to feel it, starts to think about what's what's next. Alex Whittle's had a couple of moments now, hasn't he, where he's been injured. He's had a suspension. Just feel like that's an area where I'd like to see us double up on, whether that be through a young loney. Zach Bell was a perfectly good understudy at times to Michael Smith, but I think we need to keep that that particular area rolling. And I'd like a second goalkeeper, please, because I get nervous when Joe Day's warming up. That's all. Good. Right, to X, formerly known as Twitter. We've got a few here, we've got a few, we've got a few. Um, is three at the back here to stay? Robin Batchelor asks, or just against tricky opposition? And that's a good point, actually. Because I think that's where he has brought in three at the back, isn't he? Against teams he's unsure of. I think there's a thing that he's clearly not afraid to not stick with it either. Like yeah. if, it, if it needs to change, it needs to change. Yeah. But it it it's I know a lot of people don't like it, but it is an option and it's an important option to to have. Um, and we do have versatile players, which I think at this level and the level above, you absolutely need. So I don't know. I don't think it's here to stay as such. I think we know that the four is working really well for us, but I, I think it's important that there's an option. And, you know, I know we needed to change it, but um, I don't see why you wouldn't use it as an option, particularly particularly away from home. I don't think we'll see it at Hewish Park. I can't see us, us doing that um, anytime soon with the, with the games we've got coming out. Fair point, fair point. Um, Jonathan Hooper, uh, which player from any National League side would you sign and why is it Jordan Thomas? <laughs> um, Jordan Thomas has the one key attribute to being a successful Yeovil Town player, and that is that he's called Jordan. <laughs> Not the Jordan. That is that is the number one thing he's in. Genuinely, really impressed by him. He's not that old either. Um, if if we were to lose one of the other Jordans, Young or Stevens, for any given reason, I would have no problem with us calling up Jerry Gill and go, "What's the number? What's the number?" I genuinely wouldn't. Um, very, very impressive for me down that side. I don't think we need him right now because we've got players in those areas. But yeah, 
I was sick and sick of the sight of that man by the time I was done last night. Sick of typing his name on the match report. I think on the last time I put him in, about the 89th minute, I said, Thomas, whose name I'm sick of typing. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, almost a pro pilot. Who do you think is the most famous person to have ever watched Yeovil play? In, per in person or on TV? In, in person. I I'd like to think that nobody sat there tuning in and watching Yeovil on national TV if they're mega famous. You don't think that James Purefoy is... Uh, yes, that's a fair point. He's, he's got to be up there. Did I don't think Reynolds turned up to the Yeovil game last year, wasn't it? Was it just McElhenney? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It was it was all of the it's always sunny gang, wasn't it? Although Ryan Reynolds was was uh, would have been watching back home in the states because he uh, he put a nice message about us, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's done that twice now. Leave it off now. Stop being nice. <laughs> Don't make me like you. Um, probably one of those. Can anyone else think of any other names? Obvious names off the top of the head. Um, apart from what you know, all the award winning Glover's cast members. Obviously, uh, there was. Uh, I mean, you could say. You know how there's that old Yeovil Town clip, like the archive footage that gets gets used in a bunch of TV shows and films oh, and stuff like that. Just yes. take take the biggest, like most blockbuster film that's used that clip, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably a, a, a Brad Pitt. There you go. Brad Pitt is the most famous person to watch Yeovil Town game. There you go. Good thinking. Love it. Um, what would your pre-match song playlist be? Um, if you were Ian Welch, let's just add one to the list. Anyone for a pre-match song request? He's he's clearly doing Ian Welch's um, job for him and, and asking for requests. Can we have a song? I, th I, th I think Ian Welch does a does a fine job. I, I love uh, um, Insomnia by Faithless. I think is the is go. the one that I enjoy, and especially seeing Jolly Green Giants dance moves to it every time. Every time I go down to Hewish Park, that's a, a, always a highlight of the the trip down for me. And Sheridan, which Taylor Swift song would you choose? Exactly, Ian will tell you there is a Taylor Swift song on that playlist. And you know, if I'm called to Team News, I have to wait because I need to do a little dance to to Taylor Swift. Ian Ian will uh, say that. So um, any Taylor Swift song, as long as it's Taylor's version. Oh yes, nice. Got to get the royalties. Um, can we get Taylor Swift to to do a leg of the Eras tour at Hewish Park? In the side of space? Yes, absolutely. Get her on the stage. Let's make it happen. If you're listening, Taylor, get in contact. <laughs> Ian is... Welch, send some emails. She would be the most famous person. Yes, she would be. <laughs> You've answered two questions at once. Um, and this one I'm going to be a bit of a grumpy old man about. Should pyros be allowed in stadiums? No. <laughs> I hate them. I absolutely hate them. I don't think they add anything. I don't think they're helpful. Um, I'm an asthmatic. I cough a lot. Um I hate them, but I realise I'm a grumpy old man about these sort of things. Ollie, you're not a grumpy old man. Do you like them or not? Oh, I absolutely am a grumpy old man. I completely disagree <laughs> with you. I think that's a. I think it's a real sign of aging. Is that I was once a, a a like young teenage hoodlum who was enjoying the pyros and thinking that they were great, and now I'm a bit older and I'm just like, oh, let's just let's just all be a bit nicer. Let's <laughs> uh, let's rip off those stone Island badges and stop being so aggressive. Let's just, let's just sit or sit here or stand here and watch the game. Yovel fans are so good. They don't need it. We don't, we don't, we don't need that for a yeah. couple of idiots. I, 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 I did you, did you see the, uh, the clip that Wrexham's Twitter account posted yeah. of their players clapping the fans and all you can hear is the away fans oh, yeah. chanting in the background. It's brilliant. Incredible. Yeah. 
We don't need it. We're good enough almost to pro pilot. We're good enough. Um, Raging Ball Skittle seeing, oh dear, we are going to, this is, we're, we're going to get trouble here. I'm seeing lots of negative comments directed towards Charlie Cooper. I can't. I can't say it again. I can't say it again. Why can't some fans not see what he adds to the team? What are your views on Cooper? I personally feel like he adds energy and break up, breaks up play well and keeps it simple. Yes. I am a huge Cooper in. Yes. I, the above. I understand. And I, I got to credit and I forgive me. It might be, if I've got this wrong, apologies. It might have been Jonathan Hooper that commented on my post um wrecked some conclusions and gave some stats about Charlie Cooper and they weren't good. They were not good. And I think when I watch Charlie Cooper, I almost don't care about stats. I see it with my eyes. Like he, like I don't care how many possessions he's given away or what the numbers say in terms of possessions and stuff he's given away. I see it on the pitch. He marshals, he tells other people, go here, do this, do that. He takes control of situations where someone else might have won the ball back. He then gets the ball and goes, now I'm taking control and this is how we're going to do things. We are a much better side for me with Charlie Cooper in the group. We are in a lucky situation where we've got Matt Worthington. We've got Sonny Blue Everton, who's transformed into this new central midfielder guru. We've got players in that position where you can make cases for, but I keep coming back to the fact that we are better with Cooper in the side than when he's out the side. And I, that's just off. There's no numbers involved there. That's just off what I see with my eyeballs. And I think that's it. Like I understand that he wasn't a part of that 14 match winning run. I understand that, but it's not because he wasn't there that we did. Like it's because of the players that we did have. It's not this most powerful thing that when Charlie Cooper's in and when Charlie Cooper's out, we are completely. It's just not the case. He does the horrible, dirty work that I don't think our players surrounding him would want to do. And I and I. I'm fed up of the whole Charlie Cooper thing. And I saw, uh, you know, some things I was like, just because he put in a good cross doesn't make him a good player. It just, no, it doesn't. But the rest of it does. <laughs> Absolutely it doesn't. But it it was a fantastic ball in and we won the game. But also he dictates play and he makes others around him better. He lets Jordan Young go and do what he needs to do. We spoke to him about it afterwards. He knows his role. He knows what he's good at. And I just, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the next few games because I think we're going to see a little bit more of him. I, I enjoyed the fact that he had a few chances at, at Wrexham. <laughs> like he took a few shots. Yeah. He was growing in confidence in that way. And that's the sort of part of his game that perhaps we hadn't seen and because we weren't able to see um, last season in particular. So, yeah, I, I was really pleased last night when I saw that Charlie Cooper assisted the goal. I just thought that's a nice a nice thing for him because he gets a lot of stick for for no real reason. Let me I, have... I wonder how Go on. I, I wonder how far that um that thing you said about oh just because he put in a good cross it doesn't make him I wonder how far that goes. I wonder if his volley if if his volley against Wrexham goes in it's oh well just because he scored an absolute screamer against Wrexham it doesn't make him a good player or oh just because he got a man of the match winning performance against Dartford on Saturday it doesn't make him a good player or just because he does all of these really good things that really good footballers do it doesn't make him a good player like where, where does that end you know yeah I think and, and and I'm I'm talking to somebody who didn't get it with Dale Gorman Dale Gorman 
for a while I was Del Gorman out, and it was only when you missed him that you kind of went, oh, actually, no, 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 we, we do need him there. And I think Yeovil fans, have, I, I'm probably one of them, will like it with Del Gorman. To a certain extent, Yeovil fans, and again, maybe myself to a certain extent, will like it with Charlie Lee. And how good was he? Um, and I think he just falls into that category of, and his surname probably doesn't help. Um, he finished fourth. I got feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, he finished fourth, by the way, in the man of the match against Bath City. Morgan Williams won it. Uh, no, tied. We got a tie. <gasps> Morgan Williams, 59 votes. Will Dawes, 59 votes. Fisher, Cooper, Smith, one all staggered in behind that. So I think it was really, really important. Really, really important. Um, we move on. We move on. Um, who are we up to? I'm up to Dave, London Green Dave. Uh, says, uh, season's greetings. We're into Christmas, of course. Have you ever misheard a terrace chant and sung the wrong lyrics instead. I think I sang Graham Roberts keep Lee Harvey for over half a season. That's a reference Dave would get probably being odd. Um, I haven't necessarily, don't think I necessarily misheard him, but when a new one comes around, I am one of those people that's too ashamed to ask. And I just kind of mumble the middle bit. If I don't quite get it, I was like that with super Cooper. Couldn't quite make it work in my head. So I would, you know, super, and then I'll be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you you know my opinions on the Super Cooper trend. I won't go into into that again. You've had that rant from me far too many times. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, d- I don't think that there's a, a chant that I've... I think my thing is that whenever, whenever there's a new chant, and especially when it's a chant that's sung when Yeovil have won, I will then sing that for the next seven days at work in my head on repeat on a loop. So I, I, I'm I'm too well practiced to to get the words wrong really. Someone needs to do lyric sheets. That's what I think. Yeah. Um Pat just hands out Ferrero Rochers and a lyric sheet. That's you unwrap the Ferrero Rocher and the lyrics are printed underneath. <laughs> come on, Pat. If you were doing your job any better, you come on. Um and let's finish with a Christmas one please what is your favorite and worst christmas song asks dexter tyson he does ask for a rendition of both i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass that request on i'm not prepared to to do that myself i won't ask other people to do it but i am interested in favorite and worst christmas songs please my favorite is driving home for christmas because not a taylor swift version not has she not done one has she not done a hasn't done that yet that would be fantastic sort it out swifty a Christmas tree farm though, what a banger. Anyway. Um, yeah, just because obviously I live in Somerset, my family live up in Bedfordshire, so I I do always drive home for Christmas and it gives me such lovely vibes and I, I just absolutely love it. Uh worst Christmas song. Um I mean I'm I'm one of those people that just love them all. I absolutely love them all. Um I I've got the playlist going all the time at the moment. Um You're allowed not to have a worst Christmas song. Yeah, some of the Justin Bieber one. ones are a bit ropey, which I know Josh Staunton won't be happy to Ooh, hear. But, um, so I sometimes skip through those. Come on, Ollie. You're a grumpy old man. How far back are you going, Slade? Um, I I think I have the correct answer to both parts of this question. Okay. I would say the best Christmas song is uh, uh, Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End by The Darkness. Great song. I'm seeing The Darkness uh, a few days before Christmas. 
And when they perform that song live, I think my life will probably peak um, until slightly later on next year when when Yeovil win the National League South title. Oh, okay, okay. And the worst Christmas song is any of the uh, sausage roll related (laughs) Christmas songs that have come out in the past few years. Any of them. Yeah. We haven't had a good modern Christmas song in a while, have we? That's what we need. Someone to... Probably since the darkness one. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any proper modern ones. Don't know. I'm not a big fan. I'm not. I'm gonna have to whisper this. I'm not a big fan of the Wham one. Oh, I know. Ooh, just I'm, that's I just, a big I, shout. I know. I just I feel like it's overdone. I've heard it now. It's over. Um, best one. Anything by Bublé. Oh. Anything by the man. Steady. Get the Bublé out. Absolutely love it. I think that wraps up my GCQs. Um, I do want to finish with something that's happened whilst we've been recording. Jamie Sendles White has posted a Twitch picture on his uh, Twitter um, of him in a what looks like a slightly less cosy bed than you're in, Ollie, at the moment. Um, <laughs> the road to recovery starts now. It's been a frustrating period. But I can now focus on getting myself back on the pitch for YTFC, doing what I do best. Not long now. I'd like to thank the PFA for their support and funding of the surgery, which is a cool thing from the PFA to do. Um Jamie Sendles White. We haven't missed him because of the fact we've had others in that position. But I tell you what, I get the feeling it's going it, to, we'll finish off with a cliche like we started. It's going to feel like a new signing when he's back, isn't it? Yeah, well, his last action was finding the back of the net, wasn't it? At Western. So. I quite liked him in that game. Yeah. Right. At left back as well, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think, um, yeah, sooner rather than later for him, I think, because a bit of extra. Defensive cover wouldn't go miss at all at the moment, and he uh, he could well be that. Um, listen, we are beyond the hour, so I'm going to wrap this up. Ollie, thank you so so much. Enjoy Saturday, enjoy your BBC debut. I can't wait to listen in, and and I know you'll absolutely smash it. Sheridan, congratulations on your Premier League debut as well for Five Live, wholly deserved. Thank you so much, both of you, for taking your Thursday evening, slashing it in half, and letting me be a tiny little part of it. Dave and Ian will be back whenever they can be bothered to turn up. But until such time, thank you all very much for your company. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. Six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trotka.